And we wanted to thank today's sponsors brought to you by Anchor.fm. Ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's completely no charge. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone, tablet, or computer. Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you, where it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, and many more. Guys, it's everything you need to make a podcast. Honestly, it just takes for you to really get started. Go ahead and download the free Anchor app and go to anchor.fm and look forward to seeing you create your show. Yes. And our sponsors today brought to you by Spotify. You can listen to all your favorite artists and podcasts in one place for free. You don't even need a premium account. Spotify also has a huge catalog of shows on every topic, including the one you're listening to right now. On Spotify, you can follow your favorite shows so you never miss an episode. Premium users can download episodes to listen to offline wherever you are. Easily share what you're listening to with friends on Instagram. If you haven't done so already, be sure to download the Spotify app. Search for the Inspire Before We Expire podcast on Spotify or browse podcasts in the Your Library tab. Also, make sure to follow me so you never miss an episode of the Inspire Before We Expire show. Let's get it. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Inspire. Before we expire, I am your founder and host, Terrell Sumter. Guys, I'm very grateful, thankful, and graceful to be here yet another day. That's never a promise. Guys, I just want you to take some time to really close your eyes. 10 to 15 seconds and visualize what a beautiful day it is. Visualize your goals. Visualize where you see yourself in the next year or so. Guys, I'm here to tell you, you are not alone in this journey. You are worthy, you are valued, you are loved. And most importantly, you are here to inspire before you expire. So with that being said, I have a special guest on the show today. This gentleman is all about fun, positive, great energy <laughs> from my hometown. We're close by. Me and him was able to connect and that led to this show. And that's what I mean about the power of the universe. But when you think about fun, what comes in mind? When you're in that fun place, how do you feel? You feel absolutely good because you see nothing but good energy, like-minded people, and guys, when you come together, that's when the magic happens. So ladies and gentlemen, I wanna introduce you today to a gentleman who's the founder at Your Culture Story. His website is yourculturestory.com. He has spent 15 years studying the workplace culture and fun. He now teaches at the University of Delaware entrepreneurship and he consults and speak about culture around the world. Ladies and gentlemen, you're in for 
more than a special treat. This gentleman is gonna leave you with a message that you wanna remember 10 years from now and will be so inspired, but most importantly, you will have a little fun with it as well. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm here to introduce you to my friend, the one and only Nathaniel Measley. Thank you, thank you. Hello everyone, happy to be here, this is exciting. Absolutely, good brother. Thank you for joining. I know it's your first time on the show, Nat. So if you can, can you just give us a background about you? That'd be awesome. Yeah, like like uh, like Terrell said, we're from we're from the same area of the general world. Um, I'm a transplant Philly fan, <laughs> Philadelphian, Delawarean, from Central Pennsylvania, so not too far away. Um, and we we reconnected uh, just connected for the first time recently. Um, because he, he found some old TED talk of mine about fun in the workplace and culture. And so uh, I was born and raised in central PA. I went to school in Delaware, did the traditional college route and had no idea what I wanted to do. Um, and in the early 2000s, I met a guy who was starting a company called the Fun Department. And uh, they're, they're still around doing fun events and training for people on how to look at work through the lens of fun and how it affects culture. Um, and uh, they're at morefunatwork.com. And since helping them to found their company and get it up and running, I became their, their director and even the CEO and, and uh, managing director of the company for five years. Um, I'm now stepping back and using that experience and looking at culture as a means to get companies started, uh, culture as a means to help big companies rethink the way that they work, the way that they operate. And um, it's, in, it's an interesting tie uh, into our Inspire Before You Expire podcast <laughs> here because in our discussion, because I still believe, I believe this ever since uh, I was born, I think <laughs> it was just part of me, um, that uh, people get to choose to inspire people around them or themselves, and that includes work. Um, and there's a lot of people in this, in this world that don't like work and that's okay. Um, so I would, I would hope that today we can inspire one or two people to think a little differently about, you know, that typical nine to five, the grind, the work. I know, I know Terrell works more than I do and I work a lot, but we like what we do, right? We love it. So it's, it's not always work for us, but there's people out there that, that are, just want a little more, a little more fun, a little more culture to learn a little, a little more. So that's my hope from today. <laughs> so true, man. And by you collaborating with this gentleman, as you said, in early 2000s, you know, what did you learn from that experience? I know you said the experience of collaborating, just making fun of it, like, you know, making fun out of the situation and really growing the company. Like, what was the most important, valuable thing that you learned from just that collaboration? Yeah, it was, it was interesting. I learned a lot about um, leadership by experiencing two really amazing leaders. Uh, the two guys that started the fun department, which was in 2004 or five. Um, one was Nick, a guy, Nick Janoulis, who had corporate sales experience and was the director for a large electrical wholesale company for years. Um, but he always liked the fun side. He liked taking care of people, his customers, his clients, his internal teams. And he was in charge of a couple hundred people. You know, he was in that world. And the other guy who became a big inspiration, and they both did by the way that they led and the way that they gave autonomy to everybody early on in the fun department, 
was Dave Raymond. And Dave Raymond was the original Philly fanatic. So <laughs> I, when I told Terrell, Terrell that earlier, he said, oh, yes, anything Philly, I'm in, right? Anything Philly. So um, Dave, Dave had this, has this incredible story, and we're helping him tell it now, actually, at, at yourculturestory.com. He has a book that's coming out called The Power of Fun. Wow. It details his history, which was a fascinating one. And I got to, you know, I had a front row seat to hear his stories for 15 years now. Um, he, in 1978, he, he was forced into volunteering to become the Philly fanatic. He had no idea what he was doing. And then uh, 17 years later, he was finishing his performance career as their mascot and Tim McCarver at ESPN Magazine said he's the best mascot in all of sports. And I don't have to convince you of that, Terrell. You believe that just because you're a free guy. But people around the world believe it. And there's so many amazing stories there of how he, he got to that point, how he um, turned that into a career himself, but also into the Fanatics, a multi-million dollar brand extension for the Phillies. And the lessons Dave learned from the Fanatic really, really taught me a lot early on in my career about how to approach work. It should be fun. You should enjoy it. Absolutely, man. And as you mentioned, just, you know, because we know that in our journey as well, what we also talk about a lot on the show is that there's always somebody that comes into your life that sees a little bit more in you than you see in you, right? Honestly. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's powerful, man, honestly. And as you mentioned, you know, Shinnaman became a Philly fanatic. He worked with ESPN and you know, he ran successful companies and you was able to be along with that, honestly. So as you speak of fun, because um, we're going to get into also your culture as well, um, your organization, but I just wanted you to, to really um, speak to these people when it comes to fun. Nat, um, so, like what steps, like what are five valuable steps that you had implemented into your life to really make the business world and the workplace just a place of, of fun and just really helping other people really enjoy Because, you know, so many people get stuck and it's just like, so if you could share that, that'd be powerful, brother. Yeah, there were there were a couple important lessons that, <clears throat> so we, with, with the fun department and my career there was about 12 years long. And early on, we were producing, you know, typical company holiday parties and corporate events, you know, the company picnic. And when we step back to look at a culture as a whole and how the fun pieces were fitting in, the companies that were doing well, outperforming, higher engagement scores, employee engagement became a big um, metric that companies were spending lots of time and lots of money on measuring you know, how, how engaged is Terrell? Is he an 81 or an 82? And if he's an 82 and not an 81, that probably means a couple million dollars towards our bottom line. Like they had all those algorithms figured out. Um, the companies that had the higher engagement scores were ones that were, uh, their leadership understood it was okay. It could be a part of the workday. Um, so you were encouraged from the time you were recruited to work at this company through orientation and onboarding and then consistently throughout time that fun was okay. Um, so they were having fun consistently, but also making time for it. Um, it was happening during the workday or organically tied into the work you were doing. And it was, it was uh, compliant to the group around, you know, it fit in the culture. Um, we used to call it, it's an easy mnemonic to remember the three C's, the three C's of fun. So if it was um, consistent happening on company time and it was compliant to your culture, you would 
have a more successful, fun program built in. And you ask about personal life, I would apply this to my same personal life too. Um, yeah, I know there'll be, there'll be good and bad times, times where you have to just get the job done or work hard, but times to put aside as well for fun and, and new adventures and trying to really identify what's fun for an individual and then how that individual's fun fits into the bigger group picture. So the three C's is a good place to start. <laughs> if you're considering fun for a group of people, for a community center locally, a church, um, your baseball team, your 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 beer league softball team, your your book club, your sewing group, whatever it is. <laughs> Absolutely. I love that, man, honestly, because, you know, it's always something different to bring, right, to a community, you know, honestly, and that's what you're doing, you know, throughout the the East Coast and through just this period, man, in everyday life. And I, I really commend you on that. You're making the best out of everything in personal and business and you're making it fun, you know, honestly. So why do you feel, um, my next question is, why do you feel this is important really, um, just in life in general, just really to have, have fun? Yeah, well, I think it's, um, I think it has the opportunity to connect people together who, who might, you know, upon first glance look totally different or, um, seem totally different, act totally different, uh, kind of a mechanism to sort of connect them together and find a way where, where they can make that meaningful, uh, conversation back and forth. Um, I think, I think that's the, that's really the biggest thing. I really believe that the way that you connect to other people can, uh, can help to shape. It is bigger than just companies or, or small groups. It's, it's whole communities and, and whole, whole, um, whole areas of the world that I think could, could be better, could better communicate to be better connected F fun again and fun. Something that we learned, you know, as we were researching it for, for about 12 years, I always say we weren't just, you know, running in and having fun and then like high-fiving in the parking lot on the way out, like, Oh, we're so fun. We, we, we just nailed that, you know, pharmaceutical companies delivery. They loved it. We're awesome. We're the best. Um, we would stop in the parking lot and say, you know, what worked, what didn't work? Like, why did this group respond to the team building activity today and the group yesterday did not? Um, what were the factors that were involved? So we started to really, I always say we were studying it, we were looking at it. Um, and over time we found what, what works for a certain group is exactly what should, should work for a certain group. Um, there's no cookie cutter image of what, of what, fun is it's whatever fun is for any any person or individual so for like community leaders people like yourself who are who are influencing other people around there it's about it's not so much about what's fun for Terrell it's about what's fun for everyone around you and how you can adapt and make sure they're of course safe in what they're doing but connecting as well absolutely guys now did you hear that it's not about just you but it's about also those that's around you mm -hmm. honestly so I want you guys to inspire before we expire to me to really take in and implement because Nat is on fire so far. And I need you guys to and take it in and take notes and share with the community. Nat, thank you for sharing that, man. Let's mm -hmm. see your culture story, man, your company, your organization. You're the proud founder. Congratulations on that. So when was this company uh, first established? And, you know, if you can tell us a little bit more about the company, that'd be awesome. Yeah, so it was a natural maturation of my my career path which i didn't see coming which i think is a common thread amongst 
uh, people in their in their worlds in their careers as entrepreneurs and and folks working within bigger companies organizations um, the the fund department started to do more consulting and they had actually partnered up with um, with delivering happiness which is a training program that the zappos.com founders had put together and so through that we started looking from a bigger corporate standpoint on mission and vision of bigger companies and how they can develop a bigger mission and a bigger vision for their employees. And so from, from there, I went back to teaching entrepreneurship to start to share with some more young minds um, my experiences about the business side of the fund department. You know, of course, we had bills we had to pay <laughs> and payroll to make and vendors to keep happy and clients to keep happy. So um, as I went back to teaching, I started looking at how do we get more companies up and running and one of the mechanisms that worked so well for the fund department was in 2015, 16, we published our book called Playing It Forward, which is out there on Amazon. Awesome. And congratulations, um, man. Yeah, thank you. And it was Nick and myself were the main authors. Nick was sort of the storyteller and I was the statistician, the nerdy college professor guy, <laughs> um, kind of looking at all the factors of what affected fun in the workplace and all the stories we had told. And that story was good because, number one, it positioned us as experts in the field. We didn't make money on the book. You don't make a lot of money on a book unless you're like Jack Canfield, who wrote Chicken Soup for the Soul. Like, you just aren't going to make a lot of money on a book unless you have a massive publishing deal and you have thousands of Instagram followers. Um, but the good thing is, once we published that book, all the local clients in our immediate area became even more uh, connected to us. And they said, oh my gosh, these are the experts in fun. These are the guys. They have training now and a book to follow. Um, so from that process, my brain started to connect dots and I wanted to help more small companies get up and started with that same process. So I founded yourculturestory.com just last year and we help companies to look at their culture. It's typically startup and small companies, although we do some consulting for midsize and bigger groups as well. Um, and of course, I've spoken at a couple conferences. I was telling you about the safety one, which we can get into here as well. Um, but we help them to collect data from their employees and from their clients. And then we turn that data into published content out front. And we also use that data internally to help coach the leaders and the CEOs of these small companies on how to better engage either their employees or their, or their clients. So this is a good example, since I like being a storyteller and telling other people's stories, um, this is the story of Vitality Athletics, the owner of CrossFit in Ephrata, Pennsylvania. He's a good friend of mine, Tyler Chatine. We interviewed 60 plus of his gym members, and he's rebranding as Vitality Athletics uh, in the coming month. He has a new gym space. That's his, that's his logo right there, the Silverback Gorilla. I love it. And so we, we helped use the information that his clients, his gym members used to publish his story about the culture that he expects to have at Vitality. Mm. So it's awesome. <laughs> it's really cool. He's, he'll be able to use this in central Pennsylvania to become, you know, the expert in what the book that we're calling fit culture. Right. So it's really cool. <laughs> so it's like, it's expanding on huh, that. Like you mm -hmm. got expanding because I remember you said that, once the book came along back in 2015 is when people really started to feel connected to you. Mm -hmm. And you said that, yeah, it may not be as much profit coming in from the book, but you now mm -hmm. have the product, right? 
So mm -hmm. really, and that's the thing, you know, with people that's listening right now, all you have to do is just take the step as that mm -hmm. did. He surfaced his way. He was around these big, these, these big minded people and him and his friend came together to put a project together and made it happen. And now all these cool, fun things are happening in an extraordinary way. He wrote his book. So what exactly, when you wrote that book, man, like what exactly came up big for you? And, and what was the after effect? Like, how did you feel in that moment once you know that now so many people are now feeling connected to you and Nick? Yeah, that's, that's easy. We, we wrote that book and we, we publish it ourselves, self-publishing through Kindle Direct Publishing, which is what we help people do at Your Culture Story now. Um, we walked into a meeting with a, with a big client and we walked out with a $60,000 signed training contract. Wow. That's, that's easy. <laughs> that's the best story. Now, it, it sounds romantic. It took six months, right? It took six months and like we had the meeting and they said, yes, we're in. And then of course it was big companies, so they had to go through their budgeting process. But just walking in, I mean, we put, I put that book on the table, I'll never forget it. And the, and the HR director at this big company kind of stepped back and went, oh, oh, you guys are the experts in this. I didn't know. And so it, it really was just writing down stories, um, sharing the stories that we had up to that moment. Um, we're helping right now with, with Dave, who was the original Philly fanatic, to publish his book called The Power of Fun. Wow. And he's been writing his book for 10 years. <laughs> and so, so finally, you know, once we had this mechanism with your culture story in place, he said, okay, great, I can put it through your process and get it published for me. Um, I think people are afraid to take that jump. Sometimes they're, they're a little worried, like, well, my stories either aren't finished or they're not done or good. Like with, with direct publishing and Amazon and, and self publishing, you put out what you got. <laughs> you can always do a version two, you know? And um, the point is if you can find a good mechanism for putting that story together and like we did with Tyler, um, you know, we didn't know it would come out like this, but fit culture is the name of the book and it just makes sense. <laughs> So we didn't know we didn't know that would happen, but my my hope for Tyler, for example, is he signs up ten to twenty new gym members every month because they see that book somewhere. Right. Um, we used to go to the the trade shows typically within like human resource groups, the Society for Human Resources or colleges and university professional human resource groups, and there's all these different um, associations and meetings. And then we'd stand behind the six foot table, you know, with our business card and, and our pamphlet and our one sheet. And we'd talk to two or three people. The second we put that book on the table, it changed a conversation. Okay. People would, people would come over and I'd, and I'd, I'd say, of course, I'll give you a signed copy of the book. It cost us $5. It was the best business card ever. <laughs> uh, a mentor of mine said, as uh, I was on a call just recently, they said, it's like, uh, it's like the, the steroid, you know? Mm -hmm. of, of this part. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it is. So yeah. I thought it was quite, quite interesting to hear that, you know, but it's true. Mm -hmm. You know, because like you said, you know, Dave had been working on his book for 10 years and now it's finally about to be published with the help of you and Nick and the rest of your team, which mm -hmm. I think is awesome, man, because, you know, it takes some time, it takes 10 years, it takes 15 years. But what matters is the end goal and knowing that mm -hmm. why did you decide to really continue to keep your mind on this project for that long. But no one would ever mm -hmm. understand your journey the way you do. And as you mentioned as well, people are just, 
you know, they don't want to put themselves uh, out there. They don't want to write a book or they don't have the, the, the support system or so. So what advice would you give to those people out there um, that can really help and that can bring value to them in an extraordinary way, Matt? Yeah, I would, I would, I, I try to kind of give away this information because I care about it so much and I've seen value in that model um, from a business perspective from a few other partners and clients that I've had in the last two years. But um, write down any story you remember. <laughs> Just write it down, start recording it, um, vide videotape it, record it, like, you know, create create social media channels and pages that detail those stories and just start telling them and tell them a thousand times. Um, I, I learned a lot of that from, from Dave, who was the fanatic. He tells, he tells one story about how in the, in the early eighties he had to go to a church service <laughs> and he had no idea. It was a big Catholic church service and he had no idea how the, the whole congregation was going to react to the fanatic. And it turns out great and all of that. I've heard that story a hundred times and I love it every single time um, because it relates to, I don't know, somebody I know, of course, but it, the fanatic, the Phillies, like I grew up close enough to it. I love it. So um, just write down all your stories, put them out there, um, share them. And then I think for, for, for people like you and I, Terrell, who are doing the trainings and the speakings and we're out there often, um, you know, we met through, through speaker hub <laughs> where, where we're promoting what we do. Um, you know, that doesn't have to be, if you, if you write your story or you publish your book, it doesn't have to be the outcome. Like my friend Tyler probably won't ever go speak, but he, his product that he's using this book for is to boost his membership and build his community of fellow, um, fellow fitness people and, and team members who want to be a part of a kind of a different experience. Um, that he's trying to create a different brand. So I, love that. I yeah. wanted to share this quote off your site, if you mind. Um, mm -hmm. in that customers yeah. never love a company until employees love it first. It, yep. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's I've I've been able to see. I've had it. I've been super lucky in my life, just in general across the board, and I try to understand that fully, um, especially in professional life. Like I chose, I made kind of a risky decision out of college to have fun for a living. <laughs> I was, I was working for Delaware's football team and I was working for Ripken baseball outside of Baltimore. And I was going to be, you know, athletic administrator or sports scientist or something. Um, but I chose to have fun for a living. So it was risky. Um, but the advantage it's offered me is I've gotten to work with and look at some of the best companies in the world. Um, some of the best regional banks around Philadelphia and Delaware, insurance companies, um, loan companies, law offices, like it doesn't matter the industry. We got a chance to work with the ones where their leaders were saying like, this is not a job. You are not a cog in a machine. We're going to celebrate you. We're going to have fun. Um, we're going to engage you. So I've been able to watch really good leaders um, in action. And again, I've had a front row seat to it, <laughs> which has been super fortunate. Absolutely. I think that's great, man. Honestly, mm -hmm. so you mentioned you work with these big companies. Like, which um, three companies that you work with so far that you really enjoyed the most and really just got a lot from? You know, you felt like there was so much value there. Yeah, yeah. I think they deserve, they deserve to be named and they deserve accolades. One is uh, Wilmington University. Small company, small college. They were Wilmington College up through uh, maybe early 2000s, just after. 
Um, they became Wilmington University. We work directly with their HR department. They take care of their employees better than anyone I've ever seen. Of all the places we worked, I would, I would line up at their door to work there first, <laughs> for sure. Um, another one of my favorites was um, a regional bank in this area. They're growing in, in the Philadelphia market too, Wisfus Bank, WSFS. Um, uh, they're, they're awesome. And their, their cultures are completely different. You know, Wilmington University and Wistis have completely different cultures, but they work and they're building them and they know it's important. They, they let the people decide what the culture will be, which is really neat. Um, the third one, which I think is a good connection for, for me up here in, in, uh, almost getting warm Delaware and you down there in beautiful Florida is Wawa. <laughs> we, used, we used to work with Wawa. I know they're growing in Florida right now in around Orlando area. And um, they used to do a great job at their, their privately owned company, great job at their corporate office. We used to work there for their wellness team. And they, their biggest concern was taking care of their people, taking care of their employees. So it was, it was neat, a couple cool examples. <laughs> Absolutely, man. I think that's, that's, that's really huge, honestly, that you was able to really come this far and work with those companies, you know, that, mm -hmm. whether in the local area, the global area, and it can seem to expand, right? So yep. I know you have 15 plus years, man, just in mm -hmm. studying the workplace, the culture, and just the fun place. And you're also alumni at the University of Delaware, which you was actually also um, honored to speak at the TED Talk that we talked about earlier today. Mm -hmm. So man, um, now you're teaching entrepreneurship there at the University of Delaware. So like that. So if you can really dive more into that, maybe some, because we have a lot of people listening, maybe there's some young students, some freshmen now listening from the University of Delaware or nearby area, maybe Cheney or Westchester somewhere. So if you can really share some insight of exactly, you know, what you're teaching about entrepreneurship and, you know, uh, how is it helping these uh, students on a day-to-day -day basis? Yeah, happy to. Um, I'm a proud, proud UD alum, proud Blue Hen. Um, and I got a chance to get really involved when I was there as a student and, um, so it further connected me to, to campus. And so I'm lucky to be back. I teach for, uh, for Delaware's Horn program in entrepreneurship. Um, uh, a few a small group of, of folks, notably Charlie Horn, who's a, who's a Delaware alum, had said, you know what, we're going to get behind this program to teach college students um, not necessarily how to start a business. It, we're really going to teach them how to how to understand the research and theory around what makes for a successful entrepreneur. Um, if, if what happens is there's a venture or a business that comes out of that, all the resources are there at Delaware. Uh, they offer these students free um, office space. There's legal and accounting advice, which we all know is not cheap. <laughs> um, and you can get it, you can get access to some of those resources. Every year they do a funding competition where three student groups and new ventures can actually win up to $100,000 in funding for their venture, or whatever they're working on, all part of, all built in every year, which is amazing. It's called Hen Hatch, that program. Um, and, and it all starts in my intro to entrepreneurship class. So I get these freshman students and we start with a basic definition of entrepreneurship. And if, if any of my students are listening, they're going, oh no, here he goes again. <laughs> He's getting all excited about entrepreneurship. Um, but we talk about just uh, capturing value from an opportunity, basically. Okay. And it doesn't, doesn't have to mean money from a business. It could mean um, some kind of social change we want to 
uh, make in a certain community or area. There's a whole line of study and research at Delaware that you can take on that's focused on social entrepreneurship. Um, B corporations and other nonprofits that have been started that, you know, the outcome goal isn't necessarily make money, it's make a change. Um, and that's, that's the basic definition that we talk about. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Oh, that was, as Nat just said, ladies and gentlemen, I really need you to really implement that. It necessarily doesn't just mean make money, but make a change. Mm -hmm. That's what he's doing. Every day he shows up to University of Delaware to teach his class, to teach his students from different walks of life, not only to make money, but to make change. That, that's powerful, brother. That's yeah, powerful. yeah. Thanks, man. And I thought I, I could share like a couple examples. A good, a good friend of mine, um, Alan Gula, uh, is a former Delaware student. He started his own group called Conscious Impact. So they worked in Ghana for years, and now they're working in Nepal often to build communities for, uh, to teach them about sustainable resources, which is amazing work. He's never in the U.S. He's always out in the world doing something better for communities around him. Um, there's, a, there's another group locally here that's actually about two miles from where I'm sitting now uh, called Waggies by Maggie, and they bake dog biscuits and distribute them around the state and the Philadelphia area, and they hire primarily adults with intellectual disabilities. So they're trying to make a change in the lives of the community. And, you know, it's, they, they have a business model behind it, but the, but the goal is can we hire one more adult this week, uh, you know, with an intellectual disability for one more hour? And so it's, it's inspiring. Again, I get a front row seat to this. It's inspiring to listen to and watch. And um, there's, a, there's lots of great groups <laughs> that, that are working. We're helping to tell a few of their stories too, you know, um, at your culture story as a way also to raise money, to raise funds, to build into their business model. But um, it's, it's neat. Yeah, it, it doesn't have to be money. A lot of good people out there trying to make a change for the better. Absolutely, man. And as you spoke of, which is a, a cause, you know, and that major, major why. Mm -hmm. so, you know, Nat, as you build this company, your culture story, man, and, you know, working with a phenomenal driven team along with just resources from across the world. Um, like, what exactly do you really, really enjoy most, man? Like, you know, uh, like now that you're still continuing just to grow your company, it's expanding like world, worldwide. And, publishing books from when once you had wrote your book and then started a publishing company and helping other people just get their messages and books out there what did you enjoy most about this this whole project and this whole business and company man? yeah i think i think seeing the change is neat um when someone gets that report about which we can generate for them about what their clients or their t internal team members are really saying about what they think about your company or your brand is neat. Um, that's not a moment, but that happens over time. Um, you know, as these leaders are learning more about culture, which truly the, the challenge with culture is it changes every second of every day. <laughs> Even if you have 12 or less people, which is a, a startup or small company size and, um, one of the fun facts that Zappos and our, our friends at Delivering Happiness used to teach us is a culture can be as small as 12 people. So that's kind of why once you get past 12 people, you can really start to see you'll have multiple teams, different groups of folks. But 
even at those small sizes, there can be a lot of change that happens. So it's fun to watch that change happen over time. But the single moment, the best is when you, when our clients get that book in their hand. <laughs> you know, like I got a text from Tyler when the, the Fit Culture book arrived in Westchester or up in Ephrata, and he was like, this is cool, man. And you can touch it and flip it and his, you know, his, give him a shameless plug, you know, his, his pictures right there on the back. <laughs> You know, there's there's something really cool and valuable about that, like someone seeing a project that they're working on come to come to light. So um, we'll never lose touch of that. Our eventual goal is to automate that whole system for those small companies, so that in 24 to 48 hours you can have your book published through yourculturestory.com. Um, but the cool thing about the piece that I don't think we'll ever lose until I guess artificial intelligence <laughs> takes over the world completely, which may or may not be in our future. I don't know is, is that like personal work on the side going, Hey, listen, here's, here's what your clients are saying. Here's what your people are saying. Here are their stories. You know, here's how they align with what your vision is for your brand. And um, either it's aligned or it isn't, or it's partially aligned and we can help you work towards it. So it's, it is, it's super rewarding to I'm very, very lucky. I'm very fortunate. Um, and I, and I know that. <laughs> Absolutely. No, I think that's powerful, man, especially what you said that you guys are looking to also automate it. So, um, like, why is that, though? Because I know, like, you know, um, in today's age, in society itself, that the world revolves around technology. Mm -hmm. So I think it's cool because you said people that's looking to publish their book, they can get their book in less than 24 to 48 hours. I think that's just, I never heard of it like that, man. So just tell us a little bit more about that if you can. If not, that's understandable. Yeah, no, it's, 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 uh, it's pretty simple. We're trying to build a system that um, it's kind of a second tier of your culture stories evolution um, in the next few months, but build a system that, to help these small companies. And the goal is that, that it will be a free service. <laughs> so you can log in, the system takes care of, getting your book published for free in, four, in 24 to 48 hours. Wow. Um, we, the, we will then share with you on the back end of whatever either products you're promoting. Again, maybe it's a couple hundred bucks a month you're making on the book. You won't make a lot of money on the book. <laughs> you just won't, but that's okay. Um, or more importantly, we can work on um, donating back to some of those causes. So we're working with Waggies by Maggie, who I mentioned and we're hoping that a dollar from every book sold will also go back to their organization. So once we sell uh, 12 to 15 books, we can hire one more adult for one more hour there at Waggies, which is cool. You know, that's awesome. So um, yes. that's the hope. Yeah, that's the hope. Hey, man, that's that's so powerful. I know I just said that, man, but mm -hmm. I just even mentioning this company again, um, you know, that's local in Delaware and collaborating with them to really come together to for a positive call, but to achieve a co common goal. Because I believe as well, there's many people out there that's writing these books. They just don't know the direction to go. But guys, if you're listening right now, stay tuned for this and connect with this gentleman here. And if you are looking for resources or you're looking for some direction to get your book out there, or you're looking for just a sense of help for entrepreneurship or whatever it may be, this is your gentleman. My guy, easily. So you can go to his website, yourculturestory.com. That's yourculturestory.com, all one word. And please connect with him because I'm telling you, he's going to get you where you need to be. He's going to help you reach these heights that you determined to get. And he has something real special 
a powerful, powerful system that he's working on right now. And you guys need to stay tuned where it's going to be free. Like most of us like free, right? Absolutely free. But at the same time, when this guy works for you guys, you make sure that you show gratitude because some of us forget, you know, honestly, you forget to, to, to really show gratitude and really appreciate who was there for you and who was there for you. So you guys stay tuned because this automatic system he's creating, him and his team is going to be off the chain. So stay tuned for that. What year are you thinking about, Nat? Uh, our goal is to publish a thousand books in 2020. 2020. Yeah. Awesome. So that's, a, that's our goal. And, I, and my hope is they come from places and industries and towns and countries and places I'd never even knew existed. Absolutely. Like I said, guys, go to yourculturestory.com that's listening and go ahead and tune in. You have a lot to offer, a lot of resources, just a lot to really get involved, you know, a lot of positive causes. Now, Man, you got your hands full. <laughs> you have your hands full, man. And I wanted to really, really just ask you, man, like, just during these times, man, like, how do you stay grounded? Like, how do you really, what keeps you, like, grounded during these times? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. I, I, uh, I really try to um, taper my, this may be shocking to you, <laughs> but taper my energy, my enthusiasm, um, you know, really try to, uh, when I was 21, 22, right out of college and helping to start the fun department. I mean, if you think I was energetic now, I was super energetic back then, fired up about everything. So I think I've learned that, you know, just take the time when you have it to, to silently work on an email or a proposal for a new, you know, your culture story client. Um, and I will sit and, and do that and really focus on it. So I try not to, it sounds like I'm crazy busy. I try not to take off, uh, bite off more than I can chew. Um, I'm, I'm fortunate too, because we, in today's world, we get to work from, you know, where we are in my home office now and on the road and from other conference centers and speaking gigs like you do as well. So I know we're lucky in that sense, but I really do. I try to, when I have those, take a, take a deep breath and, and slow down a little bit. Absolutely. I love that you say you're trying to like really take it easier. So indeed, indeed. So Ned, tell us about this conference you just came from. I know you said it involves safety, man. And you shared some something with me as well, which I think it'd be important for the, our listeners to really hear today as well, man. You, I wanted to take some time that well before you start is just to show some gratitude towards you, man, which I do each and every show. Honestly, man, for just devoting time to come here. I know this schedule may be busy. You just came from a conference. You have a lot of projects, a lot of clients to do deal with, but you chose to be here and inspire before we expire. You're sharing so much insight and valuable information that I know it's not only going to help two or five or 10 or 15, but it's going to help hundreds and thousands and millions of people that's tuned in right now, man, honestly, to start their book, to start their company, to work with the right people, to enjoy their workplace, to enjoy their business, and to have fun. You only get one life to live, man, but if you live it right, once is enough. So, Nat, I thank you today for being here, being present, showing up, and dropping so many gems today on Inspire Before You Inspire, brother. We're so glad to have you, man. Thank you, man. Thank you so much. Somebody that I got to a front row seat for, um, and I got to watch uh, about two years ago, is a gentleman, Chester Elton, who wrote a book called The Carrot Principle. And it, he, he's done research on hundreds and thousands of employees on this, you know, kind of this culture side. And he talks about the power of a simple recognition. So I thank you too for saying thank you and just taking a second to do that. It's really important. It makes me feel good. 
Absolutely. You're welcome. You're absolutely welcome. So if you can just, uh, you can share just like what you, the, the, the conference you just came from, if you can like really just share, you know, what mostly came up for you and just, um, you know, what was it like being there just amongst, you know, other, other entrepreneurs and, and, and um, professionals from a walk, from different walks of life. Yeah. So this is, this is, this is an interesting, um, I came from a, uh, a speaking engagement and also I got a chance to do one of the breakout sessions for this conference. Um, it was the VPP conference. So VPP stands for voluntary participant protection. And uh, if you've ever worked in like um, food service or safety or anything like that, you've heard of OSHA, Occupational Safe and Healthy Safety and Health Association. So the VPP certification is like their gold, platinum, big time standard. Um, so it's typically reserved for bigger companies, um, manufacturing, nuclear power plants, high line power companies, electricians, like commercial work. Um, construction companies, like big, big companies who are investing a lot of time and a lot of energy in um, not just culture, like, like keeping people happy at work, but keeping people alive. So and, true. and it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's the most humbling week of the year. Every year for me, I get to go to this conference and I hear from um, just, just this week, we had a gentleman who forgot to put on his safety gloves and he tells his story. And he, he, he basically should have died in 2011. He touched an, a live wire and the other wire was sitting on his back. So he electrocuted himself, an arc flash that was felt a block away. And, um, his whole body was burned and it was all because he didn't put on his gloves and he tells his whole story. And so, um, you know, what am I doing there? I, I'm not OSHA certified. I'm not VPP star certified or anything. Um, but we did a breakout session on culture and it was uh, really refreshing because I had some women and men from the U.S. Navy, uh, the Marines, uh, U.S. Air Force, who I've worked for in the past as well as a contractor. Um, a couple other, a couple other people come up to me and say, like, this was interesting. You're looking at culture from the human, like, personal perspective, not just the OSHA checklist. Um, and so now we're working with a few of those safety officials to try to figure out that connection point. Um, what it, it work, the checklist works well, you know, when you're an electrician and you have to remember your goggles, your gloves and your hat, you know, all your, all your personal protective equipment, they call it the PPE before you go on the job site. But what's that next level of like human connection and engagement that will get you to actually do that every single time? Um, it, it's fascinating. <laughs> I don't know the answer yet. I really don't. Um, but, but we're going to work on it. And the room was full of those types of people. So it's a really cool event. Absolutely, man. And, um, you know, it's also important also to, to attend those events because mm -hmm. it may not be exactly, you know, what you are already in, but it's preparing you for something more. Like yeah. you said, you guys are gearing up for that. Mm -hmm. and, you know, my condolences out to the gentleman who electrocuted himself and everything like that. But, you know, safety is first in mm -hmm. anything, honestly. So I wanted to ask you, you know, what stood out to you most? What was your biggest takeaway from this big event? Hmm. Yeah, I think um, that's a good question. I, I remember, um, I think it's still, in, in, it's still uh, ingrained in my mind. The first, 
I've been at this event a couple years and the first year uh, before the conference, I met with the board of directors for the conference and um, we, they were all sitting around. So they're all safety managers for uh, different plants in the general region, Virginia, West Virginia, Maryland, Pennsylvania, Delaware. And um, the one guy got a phone call and he, and he, he stood up and he got the phone call and he left the room and he, and he came back in and said like, we basically, you know, we, we had somebody, we had somebody pass away just now. Oh, like, wow. Power pole and died. It was one of his employees. And um, I, I remember like, there was a moment, of course, to pause and everybody was, was saddened. And it was, um, it just, it reminded me of why these guys were doing what they were doing. And that, that stuck with me forever. We, there's always great speakers that just sort of remind you, um, especially these, these people, these women and men are in charge of people's lives and their safety every day. So it's, to me, it's such, I think maybe it's such a difference. I, I'm, that's not the life I live every day. I, I get in my car every day, I guess, you know, and I don't think about it. I put my seatbelt on, so that's good. But um, these people are, they're considering that every single day. So it's humbling, I think. It's a big, probably the biggest takeaway, just a reminder of that. Absolutely. So that was during the time of the event that they got this call. Mm -hmm. Wow. Man, you just never know. Tomorrow is never a promise. Mm -hmm. It's best to really wake up each and every day and really appreciate the moment. Appreciate the time you're given, you know, because it can be taken away from you within a millisecond. Mm -hmm. And as Nat just shared, that was like really something just humble to be, be about, you know, knowing that this event is going on and they teach you how to be safe. But during this time, somebody is going through it, somebody is close to losing their life, or somebody just lost their life. So, ladies and gentlemen, as listen, I really need you guys to really appreciate life to the fullest. Because there's somebody out there facing something worse. There's always somebody out there going through something and going through a battle behind closed doors you know nothing about. You know? And it takes for us, and it takes for people you know, young leaders and thought leaders and born leaders to come together to bring society more to a peaceful place so that there can be more life, less death. So Nat, my next question for you, man, is, is like, if you can right now, right, pick up this magic phone and dial your 20 year old self, <laughs> what would that five minute conversation be like? Oh man. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, that's a good question. Oh my gosh. Um, I think it would be to uh, like try your best to, to learn from everything. Um, learn from every situation. Uh, really take the time. I kind of mentioned now, you know, stopping and like, breathing or smelling the roses, you know, all those sayings you hear, but like take really, truly take the time sometimes just to stop, just to stop, but sometimes stop to think, learn, listen, understand. Um, I think that would be the biggest thing that I would try to tell myself. And then my, and then, and then 20 year old now would be like, yeah, man, I listen, I'm listening. I'm listening. You're good. I got it. I got it. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> I, say, I enjoyed every moment of this, brother, honestly. And I want to say once again, thank you. thank you for devoting your time. So what's next for you and your company, man? Anything exciting projects or more books coming out or so? 
Yeah, so from, from here for the rest of 2019, um, we, uh, at, with your culture story, we're, we're getting off the ground. So we're picking a handful of companies and new clients to help go through the process early on to help us learn from it and pilot uh, so that when 2020 rolls around, we've got, um, you know, our goal for 2020 is to publish a thousand books, which I think we can do for small companies all over the country. Um, so that's, that's, that's the next few, few months in the next year. It'll keep, it should keep me pretty busy, I think. <laughs> Absolutely. Or maybe more, right? Maybe 5,000 books, you know, you guys are putting in hard work over there. Yep. Honestly, <laughs> you know, um, and, and that if you can share just, you know, I know I just asked you this similar, but just that takeaway from the TED Talks, you know, um, how did you feel at that moment speaking at a university you graduated from? And, you know, um, what exactly, like, came up for you after you left the stage? Yeah, that was, um, that was a cool event. That was one of, one of the first, uh, like, university TED Talks that they did. Like, or it was a TEDx, TEDx UD, they called it, for University of Delaware. Uh, I think it's in 2012 or 13. Um, but that was fun. It was a lot of energy. I like that. I like being up in front of a crowd and um, getting them to think as well and think a little differently. The process of that was really great. I, they actually hook you up with a coach ahead of time. Um, at least they, this was a while ago. So at least this is what they did for me. And they actually, you know, that original presentation was like 20 minutes long and <clears throat> convoluted and confusing. So they really helped me kind of cut it down into that simple, simple message, which is what I think the, some of the best TEDx talks are. It's something really simple, you know, and easy to understand and digest. So it was Absolutely. fun. It was really cool. It was a neat experience. Absolutely. And if you were, um, what do you feel like being though now in today's age, we're in 2019, what is your great, greatest achievement so far? Oh man, that's a good question. Oh no, that's a tough one to answer. Uh, I mean, I think um, I think going back to teach at Delaware has been awesome. I think that's been a lot of fun. I think it's been a really cool, and it's a, a personal achievement for me too um, to get back into. I like teaching. Both my parents are teachers. I'm the product of two teachers, so um, that's awesome. I, I think by trade, I like doing it. But um, I think getting back into the classroom has been a ton of fun. And at that university level, it's a little bit deeper thinking. You get a chance to interact with some of the world's especially at Delaware, um, some of the world's best researchers. You know, the guy who, the guy who invented the touchscreen technology in the 90s for like iPhones is a University of Delaware guy. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's fine. <laughs> just, he's doing just fine, I think. <laughs> but um, we get access to that, which is cool. So that's, that's a good achievement. Absolutely. That, that's awesome, man. Honestly, a lot of insight, man, and just so much value from that. Um, so where can they get in contact with you, Ned? Where can they connect with you um, um, and your website? And just uh, also for those that's looking to also maybe publish their book or get in contact with you just to seek direction, where can they find you? Yeah, com companies of any size, if you are looking at help on culture, um, I have a lot of friends that can help. Uh, I can help. Um, if you're looking to get your, get your work published and learn a little bit more about it, just head to yourculturestory.com and we're happy to help. That's, that's why we're there. So excited to, to connect with some new people from places I don't know who I've never met. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Now, it's been a pleasure, man. Honestly, and 
Ladies and gentlemen, which I knew you did, I hope you really enjoyed this interview as much as I did. And if you did receive value from this, please leave us a review on iTunes. Also share your thoughts and share what, which, what was your biggest takeaway from this interview on yourculturestory.com and share with Nat and connect with him. Honestly, he's doing amazing things in the Delaware community, Pennsylvania community, all throughout the East Coast, also in, this, in the classroom as well, teaching students a different way and, 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 and guiding them through entrepreneurship, not only by, by, the, by, by just guiding them to make the money, but to make change as well as that come through. Guys, I'm telling you, this stuff here is powerful. It's real powerful and it's life-changing information. One conversation can change the communication. Life-changing information will change your situation, which Nat did today to you, for you. So now it's your time to pay it forward to somebody else, honestly, because it doesn't come overnight. I'm Terrell Sumter. This is my guy, my friend, my brother, Nathaniel Measley, the one and only entrepreneur, world speaker, author, publisher, the fun man, the career of fun, a resource. I can say a lot about this guy, but one thing I can really say is a real inspiring gentleman to many. And this is the Inspire Before We Expire, and we're out.